Hello, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of the 10 Drift Podcast. I greatly appreciate you tuning in. Today, I got for you Jonathan Cash Hurst. He's been tearing up FD and a lot of local events, including uh, LS Fest. He has the sweet G37 that's shooting flames out the turbos. Um, super fun, friendly guy. If you ever see my event, definitely say hello. Uh, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Thank you so much. So taking into this past uh, year in consideration, how well do you think it's gone into where, what were like, did it meet your expectations? Well, honestly, no. So last year, um, it was a little bit better actually, just considering I qualified at three of the four rounds and this year, we only qualified, uh, two of the rounds out of four. Um, but we did have a podium this year at round one in Orlando, which was really huge and, That's and definitely, awesome. definitely made me realize that, you know, I deserve to be there, but I had a couple tough breaks, Atlanta, it rained on both of our qualifying runs and then, yeah. Um, in St. Louis, I got bumped out by the very last driver, so I qualified 17th. <laughs> and with the rain, I'm, I'd assume you have one of the higher power cars out there for Pro 2. Yeah, and the rain wasn't a problem. I, it was I actually I connected the course. I mean, or linked it twice. I mean, uh, most guys were having trouble linking it, you know, once. Yeah. Um, but a few of the guys had gotten runs in the dry right before it ran or it rained, so. Yeah, kind of hurt a few of us, but at the same time, though, I mean, it was no excuse, you know. But also for Atlanta, was my only mechanical failure, well, driveline failure this year, and I broke a drive shaft flange on my second lap in practice. So I didn't get any, I didn't get any practice at all, besides one lap. So going in the qualifying, not only was it in the rain, but it was also basically my second lap. I really wish Pro 2 would have more time on the track because there's a lot of great drivers, a lot of great cars, and it just seems rough with seeing, like, you know, two or three practice runs, essentially, and then you go into qualifying, and then the next day you get a couple of practice, and then the comp. Yeah, but at the same time, though, if you're in Pro 2 and you can't link the course in one lap or much less a, or t- on the second lap, then... In theory, I don't think you need to get run Pro 2. and That's fair. I mean, but at the same time, it seems like Pro 2 is getting so much easier to get into that anyone's getting in. And But the thing is, you can't just link the course and think you're going to, you know, qualify. Yeah. So, you got, the judges are a lot more strict than, than what they what you think. And you got to throw down a really, really good lap to even fall mid-pack. For sure. Uh, what was the number out there for most of the events? Wasn't it around 40 and then top 16 actually is what competes? Yeah, I think uh, round one we had like 41 or something like that. And then Ooh. I think the la- the as the year went, I think we dropped down to like 38, which honestly is um, pretty amazing that uh, not that many people, you know, stopped. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, like quit the season, you know, if they didn't do good or if they wrecked or something because in like Pro-Am, you always see the first round there's like 40 drivers or 30 drivers and then and the next half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's what happened with like MDU and stuff. Like they couldn't sustain because drivers would show up to round one and then round two, like they're gone. Yeah. Uh, speaking of getting into pro two. So what 
pro am did you do a pro am a shootout or how did you uh, obtain your pro two license so in 2017 i ran the mdu season which was the last year they've since that they ran an actual season okay and uh finished top three in that uh, before that um I only ran a uh, state of drift, which is kind of like East 10 back basically now, but it was okay. like a lower, lower level. It wasn't pro-am level or nothing. And then I went straight to pro-am after that. Okay. Were, were, did you still have the G37 at that time or what car were you running for your pro-am? No. Um, for basically all of my serious competitive drifting, I had a 350, I had the 350Z, the orange car um, with a turbo LS as well. Nice. And went to I ran state of drift with that, which was meant I basically had a way overbuilt car, and then went to pro am basically had a way overbuilt car to everyone else's <laughs> knowledge, you know. Yeah. And because in pro am I, I had the twin turbo setup, I was running like seven hundred oh, or seven fifty, basically almost the same setup I'm running now. I mean, I've just ran the same setup for like three years. I gotcha. Definitely makes it easier, I think, if you stay close to your pro am setup going into pro two, so you don't have nearly that uh that learning gap between when it's like, hey, I was able to compete here, and now I'm completely fucking dishing the car and going from, you know, like an SR twenty two forty to an LS powered whatever that's just a monster. Absolutely. Well, the thing is, I kind of basically did it all wrong. So if you talk to other guys everyone's like oh you know you don't need power to drift blah blah well like i was the opposite of that like i was drag racing at the same time okay and it was my and it was my street car so i was (laughs) i was you i basically built a car to do a little bit of drifting but i was also going out to car meets and street racing and and doing you know just basically having fun just a jack of all trades car essentially going on exactly so if I was out getting beat on the street, I was back going back the next weekend and, you know, trying to figure out how to turn the boost up, like if I was going to turn the boost up or, or whatever. So, and then, you know, the same thing with drag racing and street racing and stuff like everything progressed so quickly that if you didn't have a thousand horsepower on the street, then you were nobody, you know? Yeah. Now, did you get your start with, uh, getting into automotive stuff with drag racing or? No, not really. Um, so basically from like, if you start from like the very beginning, um, my brother, my dad was like a mechanic. My brother was a mechanic and he, my brother though was in the cars and he was always in like Fox bodies doing burnouts and stuff when I was in like, you know, like elementary school and middle school. And so whenever I, uh, got my first car, I got like a Honda civic, you know, put some wheels on it, riced it out or whatever. And then, um, that makes so traded much sense ar- now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I traded around and then I ended up with a 3000 GTV R4. Okay. At, at like 17. So I was still in high school <laughs> with this, with a twin turbo all wheel drive car, you yeah. know? And it, uh, so, like, my goal then was like I wanted to go super fast. And so I did like 160 in it and posted on a forum like oh hey guys you know i just went 160 mile an hour on my car and they're like call me idiots you know how (laughs) stupid i am and and this was when forums were a thing yeah and so they did autocross though the form that i was in so basically i and then so after i got i got rid of the vr4 for a 240 though and it was a dumb trade but i went ahead and did it the vr4 was having some issues and 
So I got this 240 and I was playing around in parking lots and stuff. And then I went to autocross with it and I wouldn't really autocross. I would basically just drift and they would get mad and stuff at me. But so I started doing that. I've always wanted to see someone do that. Just so for one doing media, I think I I would die laughing if I saw someone just connect a whole fucking autocross track drifting. Um, Yeah, for sure. It would make my day and you'd probably just see like 10 officials walk out to them by by the time they reach the finish line. Well, not really. So like I, so when I was going to the events, I, I was a still a KA um, 240. Okay. And because uh, I mean, I was I'm still also in high school at this time. <laughs> and but I put some wheels on it and um, I was drifting the course and everything with the KA. And my buddy had kind of got me into it. So like before any of this, before I even had my license, actually, my buddy had a Honda Accord and we would go and uh, when it's raining and like just rip the handbrake and think we were drifting with a front wheel drive car. <laughs> But we were doing, like, we were linking turns and not doing stupid, like, we were trying to legit do it. Yeah. And then he bought an RX-7, and I uh, just got my license or intermediate license, and um, I, like, learned super quickly on how to drift it and, like, do some donuts and stuff. And the first night he got it, we did it in a parking lot, and uh, a cop pulled in, like, a state (laughs) trooper guy, like, or, like, a park ranger. And he like took me out of the car, put me on the hood, and everything. And I got, I got, or I wasn't. I thought he was gonna arrest me, but he didn't. And so I got a ticket for doing donuts, is what he put on the ticket. <laughs> and so I had to go to court and everything for that. But that was kind of like a where it started was he. Got, my friend bought an RX seven, and then I ended up getting a two forty once he had that. That's and awesome. we were drifting together, and he was like watching videos and kind of got me into it. And then I had the 240, and then at autocross, I would drift the whole course. And then it basically got to a point where I was getting good enough at it that they really didn't care. Um, <laughs> so, like, I wasn't hitting the cones or anything, you know, and sure. demolishing it. So, they they really didn't get that mad about it. That's cool. Yeah, I guess as long as you're not actually causing them to have to go out and rearrange the track every time you make a pass, it's not too bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, granted... I, I could imagine if you had a good bit of smoke, they'd be pissed off that the next person now has smoke that they have to drive through. Yeah, yeah, but with an NA two forty, yeah, it wasn't like, too much. Getting out smoke, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably none. Oh man, that's pretty sweet though. Um, yeah, so with the same car, so in high school we had an automotive class, a tech class, and so I was paying attention, always trying to learn how to like weld and and uh, all that stuff in in tech school. And I asked the teacher if I could do a, a swap on my car. And he's like, what, well, what do you mean? And I was like, well, I blew up my 240 at the time, uh, take, giving people rides in, at high school. And it spun a bearing yeah. and locked the engine up. So uh, he's like, yeah. So I pulled the engine out of it. and He let me, like, take it apart in class and learn about it, inspect it, and show, like, the other students, you know, how to, the engine c- comes apart and stuff. And I bought a SR20 swap from like a jd jdm place sure and we got it in and sat in the car on like a thursday and started hooking some stuff up on the friday and then i took it home that night uh, from school and i told my teacher i was going to drive it in on monday and he's like no way <laughs> and so i stayed up the whole weekend and wiring this car up and stuff by myself and finally got it all together i drove it to school monday and he was surprised. Holy shit, yeah. That, that's pretty insane for 
you know, being in high school and getting all that done. Yeah. So like my teachers were letting me skip class, like English <laughs> class or something, just so I could go to, to the tech class to finish my car and stuff like that. That's unreal. Uh, so, so you have automotive in your blood, it sounds like. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Um, Basically, that's all I do. So what got you to go uh, from the straight JDM route over to the LS platform? Uh, well, there was a guy on the autocross forum. Like, once they started talking to me, like, they started, they were being nicer to me and stuff on the <laughs> forums. And, and after I started going to the meets and stuff. And, like, I had a couple other cars, so I had, like, a, I was trading and flipping everything in high school, sure. like making money. I bought a Fox body Mustang and then sold it for more money and, and stuff like that. And I'd, I'd gotten a, I sold my SR swap 240 and then bought an S14 that was SR swapped already that made like 400 wheel. Oh yeah. And I bought it and, um, did a little bit of work to it through the month I had it and, um, changed it to a top mount turbo setup and everything. Probably one of the nicest 240s definitely the nicest 240 I own. And I posted it as like a joke for sale for $9,500. And I bought it for 6,000. Oh yeah. And with, within, um, like 30 or 35 minutes, it was up on a form called zilvia.net, which was really huge. And it sold. <laughs> and some guy was like, some guy was like, I'll give you 9,000 for it if you meet me here. And I was like, okay, deal. So I, yeah. So I, you know, went traded it got a 350z and like and all while all this is happening like drifting wasn't like something i was like oh i'm gonna do forever or that i'm yeah. gonna do all the time or anything it was just something uh actually we uh when i had the 240 and i did the sr swap and everything we drove to nashville for our first drift and me and my buddy um when it was out there at the super speedway in the yeah. parking lot um and actually that's where i seen um human um, and the thing that made me do an LS swap was there was an, a white S13 there, coupe, that was LS swap, just got done. His name's Tyson uh, Schmidt. Okay. And as soon as I seen that car, I was told my, I told my buddy, I was like, look, I'm going to have an LS swap one day. You know, I'm like, <laughs> it wasn't realistic at the time because his car was like perfect. And, okay. and even to this, even to this day, that build would be nice. And, um, he was killing it and he was the only one that had like a nasty v8 engine out there but um, my buddy a local dude from here was at that drift event and he had like a fully built rb car with a cage okay and um he was like man just take it easy you know try to link one turn you know at a time and see how it goes i think it was like my third or fourth run and i could link the whole track and so everyone was like dang man you're like progressing really quick and so i kind of started like wanting to go to more events after that but i didn't really go to any. there wasn't that many that was that close sure and i and i got rid of the 240 had an s14 and it wasn't really a a drift car and i don't even think i drifted it i basically just street raced it <laughs> and i was kind of tuning it myself and learning how to tune on uh like a little safc thing like a little handheld tuner okay which really doesn't count as tuning it was just yeah. you're just adjusting fuel fuel and air but I got got it pretty fast, and then but I sold that car and made all that money, so I made like three grand in a month on it, and I bought a 350Z wrecked in Chicago, <laughs> so I had a 350Z in high school, which back then I mean yeah. they they weren't that old, you know. So 
How old about I thought are you? It, I'm 26 now. So oh, this wow, was like yeah. nine years ago, you know? Yeah. 10 years ago. So the 350Z <clears throat> was like insane that I owned it. And I took like a little loan out, bought some work wheels um, and a aftermarket front bumper. Is, uh, is I knew the first John- thing you do with any car is put wheels on it? Um, <laughs> no, it depends. Like, like three of the cars you've talked about, it's like, yeah, got the car, put some wheels on it. Uh, yeah. I mean, either that or the other cars, um, uh, one of the car had wheels on it already, the S 14. So basically all yeah. I was doing to it was trying to make it faster. Gotcha. But the three fifty Z though, it was like, I got it cheap because it was, it had some front end damage and, Sure. And like it was really sketch buying it from Chicago. Like my mom oh, was yeah. flipping out. Like, why are you buying a car from there? And all this just stuff. Just assume like, it's so, a hot car with no title. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just had this big wallet of cash, and I'm like, dude, I want something cool. <laughs> and so we just went up there, and and because I sold the car on a Saturday, went and bought that one on a Sunday. Oh shit! And it was awesome. And, you know, awesome car. Got it, and I put some gold worky uh, work VSXX on it, and basically quit drifting mainly. And went into like the stance scene and the car got like published in stance nation and all over. And it got like really big from getting shared and everything. But I, I then I kind of started to drift it a little bit with the wheels and everything on it just for fun on the street, sure. but never went to an event and, um, turboed it, spent all of the money I had <laughs> and, um, it blew up. Oh, and that's how I met Dynasty, too, was with the 350Z. Oh, nice. So I was 17, I think, and I went to Dynasty. I was getting my car tuned by them, and I asked them. Or actually, he tuned it, and I didn't realize what I was getting into. And then it gets my I get my bill, and it's like $1,000. And I told him, I was like, holy crap. I was like, dude, like I don't even know if I have that much money on me. you know. And he's yeah. like, oh. And so he kind of helped me out, I think, at that time. And let me get a little bit better deal because I gave him all the money I had. Oh, shit. And um, so I got the car, and it ended up being a faulty fuel pump that caused the engine to blow up. But at this time, four days later, like, I didn't have anything um, to – I didn't have any money to rebuild it or spend ten grand to get another VQ built or something like that. Sure. And so I was – the way it blew up, too, was – a a dude with a Mustang locally here is talking crap and I went and raced them and <laughs> they went ahead and like put a 200 shot or whatever on his Mustang and was spraying the crap out of it just so he couldn't beat me. And I still beat him both runs and put it blew up on the second run. Oh shit. So I got it, you know, tore down and that was, uh, I, I s- somehow salvaged everything. I put a factory engine in it, sold the car for a lot more money I had in it sold the turbo kit for what I had in it somehow. <laughs> and, um, this is where it kind of got serious. I bought an FDR seven. Okay. With the LS in it. Oh, nice. Never had an LS or nothing. Um, I was kind of just looking, I had, I had like, I think I had 18 or 20 grand cash. And <laughs> at that age, you know, You're I'm going to do something at this time. Yeah, for sure. So I, this local dude's like, Oh, well, my dad's got one of those cars. And we're like, no way. You know, like and he's like, no, it's LS swapped. And we're like, dude, okay. no, no, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and he's like, and then later he's like, sends me pictures. I'm like, 
uh, let me, I want to come look at it and drive it. And so I come, go over there, and I'm like, holy crap. Like, this dude really has this 5.7 swap LS1. And oh, FDR wow. So it wasn't even like a truck motor or anything. No, it, it was a, yeah, it was an LS1. Shit. So he actually did it right. Well, somewhat. So the, <laughs> why, he, he, had, he had bought the car from Florida. So okay. anyways, I finally talked to him down enough, and I paid cash. Like, I don't know. what it, I, I forgot. I think I paid like 15 for it. And uh, so I bought that car and drove it and, and drag raced it and, and stuff like that. Had fun. Went to a bunch of car meets. Never did any drifting really at all. So during that time, I wasn't drifting. Um, the 350, I really wasn't drifting. Um, so I don't really know why I even stayed with it or how I even came back to it, honestly. Yeah. But um, after the, when I had the RX-7, I posted it for sale for more money to make some more money on it. I was going to flip it. And this was when I was like, all right, I'm going to build my own car now, like from scratch. And I bought a 240. Or I sold that car, made some money on it. And I bought a 240 Coupe S13. Okay. And started piecing together my build. And I had uh, like eight seventeen thousand $17,000 to spend basically. Spent so I bought an S. <laughs> sorry, I bought an, I bought an S10 for like two grand to drive every day. Okay. And, um, basically just started building this, uh, LS one with heads, cam intake, like everything you could do to it besides rods and pistons. Okay. And I had a guy that I paid that he showed me how to build it. And I learned on that and put it together and started, uh, drag racing, drifting it and started going to, I don't know if you ever heard of KMS. I haven't. They were kind of like a joke. I mean, they he ran a couple events, and he ran an event in Bowling Green. I went to it and kind of, and entered it, and um, they were just it was a very unprofessional event, and but kind of the only thing that we had going on. Sure. And I think they were out of like North Carolina or South Carolina or something like that. But it it all became a big joke, like the dude putting it on. Yeah. But he was really cool to me. Um, he, he was really nice to me and at this event, they put on like a legit event competition event, like the next year. And I still had this 240, and I was starting to try and get like sponsors for some reason. Like, I don't even know why I would think I could go to a company <laughs> and ask them, but I was. Yeah. And so this local tire shop here called West Kentucky Customs, he sponsored me and was like, he helped me out and he was, uh. The only thing is he did was he just mounted my changed my tires for me for free, and <laughs> yeah. so I gave him like the I put his logo all the way down the side of my car like as big as you could, and not even thinking about anything about social media wasn't that big really I don't think, and at the event I was doing pretty good I forgot what I placed and there was another company there that had like a little booth called Aloha Green Tea. And I remember Louis Garza was sponsored by him, had his whole RX-8 or something stickered up. Oh, shit. Or Andrew Kate, one of those. And so I went, I approached the or approached him, and I approached the guy to Ansel. And when I was leaving, I was like, hey, guys, you know, I'm looking to be interested in sponsoring me, you know? And that's how I, that's how I went to him. I literally just straight up went up, asked him to sponsor me, basically. <laughs> And I guess the reason why I kind of have that that I had that mentality was because prior to all my drifting and car stuff, I was skateboarding, and 
get and I was sponsored skateboarding. So oh, shit. like I took gotcha. that same mentality, you know, into the drifting basically. Gotcha. And so after that event and got uh, Aloha Green Tea like kinda helped me out. Well, he sent me like some flavored tea packets, a couple shirts <laughs> and stuff. And I'm like super hyped, you know, at this yeah. point. Like I'm like, this is really taking off. And it was just an S thirteen coupe with an LS swap, no cage, no like it had some stance coolers, but they were junk. Uh, local guy like cut my knuckles and basically you know I was having fun with it though Yeah. and I'm drifting everywhere and just going to doing basically drifting on the street more than anything and I was still drag racing this car basically <laughs> still what I do now yeah I, I've and seen so, your videos of the G37 out there on the drag strip and I'm just like holy shit this seems like a bad idea but it runs yeah like honestly drag racing's helped me more than anything in, th- in theory, uh, the my orange three fifty, um, it had a parachute on it, and uh, <laughs> I went to. I always wanted to go to this event called TX Two K, which was a basically a street racing organized event. I mean, it wasn't. It, everybody organized to meet on the street after the big event. I just really want to see a parachute on the back of your G right now, and like as you go through the finish line, just the parachute comes out. I would die <laughs> yeah, well, laughing. Supposed to, we were supposed to mount it on the, on this car too, but I never did. Gotcha. Uh, but the 350 got a lot of attention because, well, I guess we're kind of getting out of like the stages of how I got to where I am now. But You're good. the 350, though, um, I was drifting pro am, drag racing it, and street driving it everywhere <laughs> the same year. So. You've heard of 1320, I'm yeah, sure, because yeah. it's it's so huge. Well, the yeah, Orange 350, up. yeah, the Orange 350 made the cover of the Texas Streets DVD the same year I won Pro Am. Oh hell yeah! So um, I was in a video street race in the Z, and it got like a million views or something like that, <laughs> and so it blew up. Like that car, you know, was insane and helped me out with a lot of the companies that I'm with now. You know. So by street racing and drag racing and stuff, it's helped my marketing more than it, you know, than just drifting as. Sure. That's cool. It's actually gotten your name out there a, a ton. It sounds like. Yeah. And it definitely did. Um, a lot more like 1320s. Got, I forgot how many, um, you know, oh. how many followers and people yeah. they got, but it's insane. It's ridiculous with them and uh, Cletus over there and all that. It's unreal. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how I met Cletus too. That's awesome. So um, they're they're a really good group of people, you know, with all those guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, seeing them at LS Fest and everything was really cool. Just uh, going over from drifting to drag racing, kind of just swapping between there. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh man. Yeah. So this year was your second year in pro-am, right? Uh, yeah. Pro two. Yeah. Sorry. Pro two. Um, and then you had one podium this year. So did it feel good to, did you beat human at every event? Um, yeah, I believe so. Well, no, because he qualified, uh, Atlanta. Oh, that's right. He did. Oh, so how does it so feel to I lose think, to Hooman? I think, <laughs> man, we, ain't, we can't even talk about that. He blew it himself. Yeah, that's fair. I give I give Hooman so much crap. 
Oh, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, Hooman is one of my favorite people in the world. I'll admit it. Uh, he is a great dude, and I love seeing any of the videos of the foot race or whatever you guys have put out there has been great. Yeah, for sure. I think it helps just, it helps with like marketing, you know, or oh, yeah. and, and just media and, and media presence. I think any me- media presence can be good. Oh, without a but doubt. I, at as the long as you know how to mar- market yourself half decently. I mean, uh, you just have to be a likable guy and have fun with what you're wanting to do professionally. I mean, it doesn't like you're going out to compete at a sport that you're making smoke with your car and going as fast as you fucking can sideways. Exactly. Like how it's hard to not think about that technically and not just smile. For sure. Um, so anything else that you can do on top of it is just, you know, icing on the cake pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but so have, and I know which event was it that you put out the cost analysis for uh, what it took what it took to run one of the events? Um, I did a couple. So um, round one this year, Orlando actually. Um, I put out. I started the cost analysis, and it, it kind of it kind of picked up and like took off. Um, like people like sharing it stuff and then like it kind of died down. Yeah. And, but, and then I tried to do it again for, I think it was Texas. Okay. Yeah. I've seen a lot more drivers posting their cost analysis this year than ever before. Exactly. And it's just, the thing is, there's so many people wanting to go into pro two. And the thing is I'll look at is, well, when I was in pro-am, I only did one year of pro-am. Oh, wow. And so in the off-season, everyone's like, oh, you know, you're not ready. Don't do it. You know, you know, this is a huge jump. Blah, you know, a lot yeah, of negative yeah. stuff. Sure. Oh, it costs way too much money. There, You know, you need $50,000 to run pro-tune. I'm like, and I was like, okay, well, instead of listening to everyone, I started, like, pricing everything on my own. So I started reaching out to drivers, like, hey, how much is entry fee? I wouldn't ask them how much they spent. Yeah. It, essentially because they would come up with some crazy number yeah. and except for Andrew Lewis, actually Andrew Lewis was like, I asked him a couple of questions and he was super reasonable on how he did everything and he was doing it super cheap and he did well. That's cool. So like essentially to me pro two, it, it it's almost more about talent in a way. I mean, think about it. If you just – if your car – okay, actually, if your car is decent, too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you have a if you have a well-built car Let's and go with you reliable. can drive – Yeah, if you have a reliable car and you can drive, you can finish top 10 easy to me because, honestly, all you have to do is qualify. Yeah. Like, if you can qualify at all four rounds, then you're going to finish almost – like, you're almost guaranteed to finish top 10. What is it that because uh, get, gets moved over to Pro One or like gets a Pro One license? With top the, eight. Top eight. Okay. Yep. So, and essential. I mean, I just think that all these people that are spending thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars on a Pro Two season. They're they're going like above and beyond. Don't get me wrong. If I had the budget, that would be amazing. Yeah, like thirty doesn't shock me that much. Like thirty almost seems reasonable to me. 
Um, yeah, but I I don't know. Like I almost question. Like, well, where's I almost wonder where where's thirty grand at in the year? I guess because I do it so cheap that I'm like question yeah. like. I guess depending I, on transport, depending on crew, and considering yeah, living thing. like living situations and uh, if you're including you know depending on what breakdowns you have with the car. For um, sure, and that's what I guess. Like, if you got a bunch of crew, that's where it can definitely get expensive. And if you're paying for all their stuff, yeah. which you should be, but and you know, in my situation, I might not be. But <laughs> I've got I've got some good friends, you know, that want to yeah. that are interested to help. And, and the thing is, though, like I, I got people that help me, but don't get me wrong, I'll help any. Like I have a buddy that drag races, and anytime I can go and 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 help, like I go there and I work my butt off to help him, you know. And he, he doesn't pay me. I don't ask for money or nothing. Yeah. So. And that's one thing I've seen with, like, drift culture in general, whether it's a grassroots event or it's Pro 1 FD even. You'll see, you know, anyone from a crew, even the dri- like other, you know, drivers help out people that aren't even part of their team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, and, I mean, why not, though? Yeah. Because um, everyone's out there to have a good time, even though you're competing, where I, I, I've always had the negative like I've always seen the negative side of drag racing of people like not wanting to pop their hood and just being an asshole. Yeah, uh, the not popping the hood's cool, but the being the asshole part sucks. Yeah, it's like hey, so I, I, like yeah. I know that you like I think not popping the hood sometimes can be cool because like if you are if you're a nobody and you're coming up to an event like I, I mean I guess at the same time it doesn't really matter but it, it's it's almost kind of cool to to like keep it secret like everyone wonders what you got i got you i, I no, guess, i've never been that person but yeah like I, I guess with my mindset of doing media and stuff like i love you know i love getting a shot of someone's work under the hood uh, oh yeah for sure if they're not gonna allow a camera guy to take like a photographer to take a picture then yeah that's kind of crazy um but I, I i definitely do see your point as well of you know i i want to show what i you know i want to show what i got on the track i don't care to show it in the lot or, you know, in the pits or what have you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so getting back to, uh, FD stuff. Um, so what, what, do you remember how much it was for you to compete at Orlando? Well, considering that I podium, so I got like 1250, I got like a thousand, I think I got 1250 for uh, third place. Okay. So, like, if you take that and subtract it and, like, sponsor money, yeah. um, which isn't a whole lot or nothing, I think I, I think I ended up spending, like, a 1000 bucks. Oh, that's not which bad at was, all with everything. No, that's, a, that's absurd. Like, yeah. But the thing yeah. is, that takes the tires away. That take, you know, like, was that the, the foot, tires. Was that the foot race event? The, yes, that was the foot <laughs> race event. So, that, you know, you subtract two tires there. Like, it just things, you know, um, added, you know, added. Sure. Up. So in reality, like that, that's very rare for that to happen. You know, it's yeah. just I got lucky, that's and cool. it was crazy when I was posting the budget stuff. Uh, tons of people were messaging me on Facebook, like trying to send me money and stuff, and was like, "Oh, well, here's fifty bucks for some food." I'm like, "Man, I can't. I I would not take it." But yeah. there was like two people, uh, um, that specifically like sent it to me where I they where it had to go through, <laughs> so I couldn't like I couldn't not accept it. Yeah. Um, they would like Facebook pay, you know, they did yeah. Facebook pay or something like that. 
instead of like asking me what my PayPal was, because all the guys that asked me what my PayPal was, I was like, oh, I can't tell you, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's not that I'm, I wasn't making those posts for someone to feel sorry for me or anything. I was making those posts so other drivers or other people realize what it's honestly taking to do. Yeah, it was more so just to be informative, not to throw a pity yeah, party I or mean, anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I'm not. It, it's my own fault where I'm at. Where I'm at, you know, I'm yeah. broke because of me. I'm not, you know, <laughs> it's not. A, a, you know, I'm homeless or something. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I can see you almost driving yourself homeless after uh, what happened at LS Fest, but other than that, yeah. Which sucks and was all my fault, but... Oh, man. Like, I hated it so much because you were fucking killing it that day. Um, yeah, well, I, I, well, the thing was, you got like 1500 bucks or something for winning that event. Yeah. Or, or I forgot what it was, and I needed that money bad to make it to Texas. Instead, I set myself the opposite way. Still made it to Texas, but it, like, I'm still O on a Texas event, basically. Like, yeah. thankfully to Kevin Lawrence, he helped me out and sent me those parts. And uh, we've actually just been talking the last couple of days. Like, I got to get those parts to them. Yeah, makes sense. Which was like $1,030. Okay. And just like, yeah, because even if you have the money, you know, getting WiseFab angle kits next day is not exactly an easy thing to do. Well, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I didn't, uh, they didn't have it stocked. Yeah. So we called and. No one in you. No one in the U.S. had that kit. Except, and then I think Pat Gooden like put a feeler out, and then he was talking to Kevin Lawrence, and um, they were talking about my wreck or something like that. And um, Kevin was like, "Well, I got a full kit right here." So <laughs> he 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 contacted me and and told, said, "Hey, man, I got I got the kit." And at the same time, though, George K was going to pull his practice car apart just so I had the parts. Holy shit! Yeah. So luckily he didn't have to do that. And Kevin was able to send, or bring the kit. He had. That's cool. Yeah. It, see, like it's stuff like that, that makes me absolutely love the drift community. Absolutely. Um, because it, it also makes me more livid whenever I see toxic people in the drift community, because the majority is so far beyond it. Um, yeah, but then you'll see some people that like, well, not even jokingly, just like actually badmouth other drivers and other in teams and stuff like that. And it's just like, there's no reason to be doing this whenever. Yeah, and, and it, it happens more to more often. than you think. That doesn't surprise me as sad as it is. <laughs> it just seems, it just seems like, uh, honestly, it's kind of. People like drama. who you are too. And they will also like in drifting, like some people do just think they're, they're better than others and can't talk to, you know, I don't, it just, I got you. It just seems That's like there are already the, complex, which is in anything though. I mean, there, it's just, I think that no matter what you'll see that. Yeah, that's fair. With whatever, whatever, whatever you're doing, you know? Oh man. Um, so just uh, thinking back where, um, like, bringing you into drifting seemed like the huge competitive aspect and almost, uh, like, most most of the time whenever I think about someone, that, especially someone that came from skateboarding where you were sponsored, you almost have the idealistic of you're, in, you're indestructible and can do anything, um, and not even in a bad way, just that 
you can accomplish whatever you're wanting to do. Um, I know you've had a couple of transmission issues in the last year or two. Uh, have you, like, going into next year, do you have a new transmission in mind? or? Well, not necessarily yet what we're going to do. Like, so the transmission deal um, kind of just recently started being a thing the last two years. Yeah. Uh, like in Pro-Am, uh, I drifted with the 800 horsepower. I just didn't have that grippy of a tire at the time. Okay. And um, I was running stock transmission, <laughs> like bone bone stock TBD6, and I drag raced with it and everything. Whew. So I think maybe in the middle of the year or something, I switched to, and got like faceplated or something. Um, but other than that, like it, I, it wasn't because I broke it drifting. Yeah. And then it's the first time I, I remember think, having the transmission issue and it, there might've been one before, but I remember LS fest last year, you changing out a transmission with the car in the pits. Exactly. But what's funny is the year before that, uh, at LS fest on the Sunday, of uh, the, like the fun day. Yeah. I grenaded, I grenaded a transmission there too. <laughs> so the, the not this year, but so 2018 and 2017, I broke a transmission at LS Fest. Shit. And uh, it, I think it, there's been multiple reasons on why they, they've been breaking, but now that I've got uh, basically everything you can put on a T56 yeah. or in one, um, and it seems right now it's going to hold up. Um, but uh, and uh, the last one held up for a long time, and I don't really think it was so much. I think it's all been a problem with the bell housing. Um, I've had a stock bell housing. I think it's allowed the case to flex more than an SFI one does. And it, it lets the gears get misaligned. Gotcha. Um, I, yeah, I know there was talk you mentioned going to a Magnum, but, uh, yeah. So that's the, what's in the works. Um, and, uh, I'm pretty sure like it's been basically, uh, nailed down that I'll be running a Tremec, uh, Magnum. Um, and the gears are a lot bigger and everything, but we're not sure if it's going to be stronger than what I had before. We're, it's kind of, we're going to see how it goes. And if, um, that if the Magnum holds up to the abuse, then it's probably going to be the cheapest transmission you can get for an LS or drifting period that will hold up, that will hold up to the abuse. Yeah. I know, uh, Lately, it seems like, well, for a long time, everyone went with, uh, was it the G4 stock box? Yeah, and they're still kind of the go-to right now. Yeah, it seems like the re- the more reasonable option than uh, sequentials have started picking up uh, being a lot more cars this year, at least. Yeah, I'd like to have the sequential. Uh, we tried to get a deal worked out this year where I could get the 6XD, which was like um, 15 grand. And just right now, me and me and Human kind of just decided that's just not the route. Yeah, I do love seeing you guys working together. It sounds like for uh, next season of uh, him changing out his three fifty. Uh, yeah, I kind of I kind of told him I was like, well, if we're doing if we're gonna team up, then it only makes sense if he built a three seventy. Yeah. Do you, are, are a lot of the suspension components the same on the G thirty seven and three seventy? Everything's the same besides the drop shaft. 
That's crazy. That's awesome. So that's kind of why we're doing it. So basically, we're going to have spare engine. We're yeah. going to have spare uh, suspension, spare cooler. I mean, just spare everything. Yeah. Uh, and we only need one spare of everything. You know, hopefully only one of us, you know, sure, wreck or break sure. something. But yeah, I, it, it'll save. It'll save a lot. We can save on crew. We can save on you know the spare parts and travel and just everything essentially. Yeah, that does sound like it makes a lot more sense. Um, are there very many other Pro Two drivers that are teaming up like that? Like the only ones I can think of well, offhand would be like Sorensen's, but yeah. Well, I just seen where on Human's post. Um, I think Mike Pollard and Nick Gross, I think, or Gross oh, or nice. whatever however he says. I yeah. think they were teaming up. Um, I think they're. I, I don't know. I think you'll see it more often now. Yeah, I know Nick Gross. Uh, he is, uh, I believe, the crew chief for Taylor Hole. Yeah, yep, he is. Um, I got to see him drift at uh, LS Fest West this year, which was really cool. Um, yeah, that, I wish I could have went to that event. That pre- sounds pretty cool. Have you been to any of the LS Fest West? No, uh, not yet. Um, it's a long haul. That's fair. It's Yeah, definitely bringing a vehicle out there is no joke um yeah it would cost it just takes a lot of time yeah uh are all the pro 2 events on east coast or are there any west coast i know texas is like the middle of the bunch but is it texas st louis atlanta orlando yeah Yeah, that's that was last year so we'll see because uh or that was this year um last year was Irwindale instead of orlando yeah, that definitely – I thought it was Irwindale instead of Texas for some reason. No, it went. we went to Texas and Irwindale last year. Okay. Yeah, Which so. was awesome. I, I, I wish we would have went back to Irwindale for sure. Yeah, it. I, I wonder how much of a strain that causes them to have both champion, like how much different it is for them to have two championships at the one event. Well, I think the problem was – um, space. I guess uh, there was a trucking company that bought out some of the parking uh, oh, area shit. there, and so the pits, like for last year, Pro Two was like jammed in this little bitty parking lot and was a was basically separated from Pro One guys. Gotcha. Yeah, that sounds pretty rough. Yeah, so I think that's I think that was the reason. Um. So just uh, going off the events, uh, I know you go to LS Fest East. Are there any other like smaller than FD events that you hit up throughout the year? Yeah, so do I'll be doing Grid Life again. Um, okay. I was going to go to Import Alliance Fall Meet, but I didn't this year. I've usually went the past. Don't go. And <laughs> then um, I also run some events for. Uh, uh, streetcar takeover oh that's so cool. i so streetcar takeover has been trying to get in the drifting a little bit and i run the drift portions at the st louis event and bowling green nice. so uh when they're doing their event there i'm running the drifting during the day there too and, and let me just say and i don't even care if ia overhears this or hates me but i hated import alliance and bowling green really um it was such a bad setup and just timing was off for everything and they have no clue how to do traffic flow in and out like 
LS Fest was yeah. bad, but LS Fest also had like 40,000 people this year. Import exactly. Alliance has like 8 or 10. And like I got to Import Alliance at 10, like I think at like 940. And it took me an hour and a half to get in. Yeah. Um, And then just like how everything's set up is just, I don't, it, it's just kind of bad to me. Like, they don't, they don't separate pits and everything, and just everything's all... Well, I guess pits are separate, because they are actually elite. I guess that's the one nice thing for drivers, is they are actually on the road for their pits, so you have solid ground to work off of. Yeah, for sure. But, I don't know, the years I've won, I mean, it's not been too bad. Yeah, it's not as organized, but, heck, I just go there and drive. Like That's fair. My thing is that the is that they charge like, which is cool for the people that are doing the ride alongs. Yeah. But they're charging like 50 or 60 bucks for people to get a ride. Oh shit. I didn't realize it was that much, but I mean, I think, I guess, like, it, and each of the drivers the, allowed like five passes or whatever they can give out for ride alongs. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it a set of tires, you know, depends on what tires you're running. I mean, it costs more than that to get, you know, give ride along sometimes. So, Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Like if you're, and, that was one thing I've noticed with, uh, I noticed that a lot more last year because this year I think they started cracking down on ride-alongs. Uh, yeah. So I got in trouble a lot. Um, <laughs> I was giving people ride-alongs for free and just like, I was just like having people hop in, you know, like every pass I had someone else different in it Yeah. and they were, they were getting mad, but yeah, like I noticed the thing uh, was like, I'm a pro, I was a pro two driver and the other, so Kelsey and sure. Whoever else was doing, it, uh, I think it was Jeff and Naughty on the year that they were doing it. Yeah. Um. I mean, I was like, I tried to get in on that deal, and I, I don't know for some reason I didn't get in on it. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just uh, give ride alongs myself then. <laughs> Fair enough. And like I noticed with Kelsey's, it seemed like there was definitely low wheel speed whenever she was doing her runs because I, I've seen her compete, and she typically puts on a much better show. Oh and, yeah, and I don't blame her. I mean, oh, yeah. she's just so trying she's to make her tires, tires last. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, she's making. They're getting paid to do it. So yeah, so she, I mean, she was playing it smart. Uh, For sure, I would. I'd been if I was in that situation. I've been doing the exact same thing. Yeah, so I mean, she was probably getting you know ten to twelve laps per set of tires instead of where if she would have been driving the piss out of it like at an actual comp or like even practice at a comp where you she might get two or three. Yeah, I mean, I could go out there and, uh, you know, put on a show for the fans in one lap, you know, and be oh, done yeah. with a set of tires. <laughs> I don't Actually, doubt. at LS Fest, like, I was being stupid and just sitting on the limiter sometimes at LS Fest and, like, one lap and my tires were done. Fuck. Oh, that's rough. Um, man, that car looks so damn good out there. Uh, I took plenty of pictures of your car and just like hoping to see more fire. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I guess the change in the revlinger this year, like made a huge change in like everybody approaching the car for it being loud and throwing fire. I bet. I mean, and, and that's the thing with drifting is it's a huge spectator sport. So absolutely, the more of a shit, like talent matters. Fuck yes. Talent absolutely matters when it comes to, competing and actually qualifying and winning then talent 100% matters but to build up 
influence to, you know, get the people to want to see your car, to want to talk to you. And I bet it even helps out with sponsorship is just that like sense of showmanship. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Going out there and putting on a show that, you know, every fucking person in the crowd is just cheering you along and wanting to see you drive out there the entire damn night. Yeah. I mean, at LS Fest, like I wrecked, but the whole crowd was going crazy. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure everyone in the bleachers was on their feet whenever that shit happened. So uh, even though I wrecked, it still was, it still was a decent show, you know? Yeah. I wish I would have moved on. Like I wanted to win that event so bad. Like I've never went to an event and was like, I'm going to win. But like that, like being that determined, um, just that, I, that was like my home, like Ellis Fest is my home track, basically home, home event. And so I've always wanted to win it and I've still yet to win it. Oh man. Yeah. And I guess, uh, cause what first was Taylor. Second was, uh, Blake Vanthoff and third was who? Yep. Um, so I, I love that a pro am driver was able to get in the middle of two FD drivers for the top three in uh LS Fest. for sure. That track would is easy to do so if you're a good driver in pro am, like the power don't matter there, really, dude. Like talking to him, he has a lot more power out of that car than I thought there was because he's around 700 horse. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, I knew it. Yeah, it was a turbo car, I think. Yeah, it's a turbo LS. Yeah, so, I mean, he had plenty of power. But at that track, though, you could take 400 horsepower and be on someone's door. Oh, yeah. Um, but, this, like, it it has to be super rough for the high horsepower guys out there whenever, like, some of the program drivers I know, and I love them, they're great, but, like, they don't have a lot of power. Like, I think... Uh, Corey Cooper and Jake Elliott are both sitting in the three to 400 range. And then, yeah, but there's no, I mean, are you saying like for the higher horsepower guys, it's a trouble to follow them? Yes. Oh, not at all. Really? Yeah. It's just because of the driver. And then also I would, I lo- I would even I, think keeping so, up with the high horsepower guys would be difficult, especially on like that opening sweeper. Uh, yes and no. I mean, it just depends on how much, like, I feel like, you just have to have the guts to enter on their, like try to be on their door. I got like, you. yeah, we have a lot of horsepower, but I think Taylor, he was the only one that was like probably super fast off the line because he had a big tire. Okay. Um, but yeah, I forget that you're, Nick, you're probably still running the same tires that you run in pro two and you're limited to what? Like two sixty five well, actually, or two. Well, actually I wasn't. So <laughs> I actually, I actually got some of Taylor Hull's tire, uh, like takeoffs, um, some two eighty fives and stuff. Oh shit! Um, but I, I, so since I was limited on tires, like I didn't have money for new ones. I was running yeah. takeoffs, um, so I was like picking and choosing for each battle. So like the first battle, I went against Abe Heath, and I threw on some like two fifty fives. Okay. Um, because I knew I knew he wouldn't be so too fast, but at the same time, like, uh, I wanted to be on his door and prove. I, I wasn't I, that event. I wasn't leaving it to the judges. I didn't care who it was. Yeah. And so I made sure it was very clear. I, you know, I, I stayed real close to him and, and, and still made it very, uh, that I had the dominance in the battle, but I was only on two fifty five with him. I just had the car gripped up at the same time. But I, the way I drive with someone that's slow is it's probably hard on the car, but I'm just super aggressive. Like use the handbrake, get super close clutch kick back behind him and, 
and just like start keep surging. I got it's not gonna it's not gonna on the car, but you can follow the slowest car, you know. Sure. If you want to, like I like following slow people. Like, and when you I get go to crazy angle, <laughs> I go to an event like No Star Bash. Um, sometimes, like I'll just instead of like they'll let the pro guys like run in their own line. Okay. Um, but I'll just, but I'll just hop in like the slow car line. So like sometimes I'll, I, and I, and I try to follow people that I have no idea who they are. And so and a lot of people say, Oh, don't follow this person. You know, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like if you just follow random people, like you're going to, your driving is going to get better and better and better because you don't know what they're going to do or anything. And so I just try to follow the most random people and slow people just so I have that experience for if it happens in a competition. That seems terrifying to me to do that in your actual comp car of because often yeah, I just, slower and, and it doesn't always mean the case, but often slower means less experience, which means more prone to spin outs. Yeah, but if you're a good driver, you'll always know when they're going to spin out. Yeah. So I, I've i had several people spin out in front of me, and, and that's what kills me is watching some of these other events. Like you'll see a car just plow the freaking dude in front of them if they spin like. It just kills me to know that. Like getting this year. <laughs> well, well, hang on. What did he do? Wasn't it? Uh, or well, what happened to him more so? Because I think it was was it Gucci hit him. No, no, no. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think it was Texas. Could be wrong. Um, where he kind of like he tried to steer out of a where he thought someone was going to hit him square on and i thought he still got hit oh that was seattle that was seattle okay yeah i got what you're saying yeah i mean that that's a whole different case though um like that wasn't um if i'm not mistaken gushy was behind vaughn yeah and then gushy made a huge mistake went way inside and vaughn seen him at the corner of his eye and Vaughn thought he was just going to plow into him, but he wasn't. He didn't. Okay. Uh, I think and there was, a big, di- there was, a, there was I, a big issue about it. I think I'm getting two different events stuck in my head of things that happened. <laughs> um, I got you. And I know the, what was it, Odie and, um, shit, Chelsea for the yeah. nice hit of Chelsea catching some air. Yeah. Um, but I mean that, but those are FD event like scenarios. So if you're at like another event, you know, following someone that's less experienced, usually they're not going to be going, you're not going to be going that fast and that they're not going to be blowing that much smokes. Yeah. I mean, much smoke. yeah, I, I guess in my mindset, I was thinking of like the amount of experience and the level of driver they are, but at the same time, the speed is insanely different at one of those versus yeah, and, I mean they're trying. Where they're probably doing forty miles an hour around half the turns, and they're trying to win the event. So yeah, so they like they're literally on doors. Yeah, for sure, it's a lot different. Um, so, uh, going back a little bit, I know uh, you'd mentioned like Dynasty working with you and giving you a deal, and now it seems like you got you have a pretty major partnership with Dynasty. Yeah, so basically back in the day when I was getting my 350Z tune and stuff, I built the 240 and I, I, I hit up the owner and was like, Hey man, I, you know, I want to 
I was wondering if you'd help me out with tuning my LS car. And um, he kind of was like, yeah, I mean, I sent him an email, you know, I was trying to be pretty professional. I was kind of hitting him up all the time. Though. I was very, you know, persistent. <laughs> and so he was like, he helped me out. I don't know what kind of deal it was back then. It wasn't yeah. like anything crazy, but so I, I went there, he helped me out. And so ever since that 240, he's always been, he's always sponsored me. That's cool. And it's always been, a, it might, might've been a little then. And then when it got more serious and I was building, uh, 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 so when I got rid of the 240, it was LS and everything. I pulled it, I stripped it. And, um, actually, oh, what's his name? Uh, he's from New York. Uh, oh, his last name's like S- Snyder. I have no uh, idea. Tom, Tom, Tom Snyder. He uh, actually helped Riley, helped Riley Sexsmith, and he built a okay. BRZ. Um, he's drifting in like MDU, uh, like the shootout and stuff. Nice. But anyways, he bought my 240, and uh, he went and caged it and built it into like a pro pro am car, and he drove it. And I think he can He still has the car. Um, but after I got that car, I bought a, or after I sold that car to him, I went and bought a 350Z chassis that was caged already, but it was a drag cage. And had it came with an LS swap kit, and so then that's the that was the car I, I swapped. That was the orange car I had. Okay. Um, and uh, it, and then I took it, built it, uh, turboed it, and then Dynasty kind of got a little bit more on board. And then when I was running Pro Am and at L one, uh, and then I went to Pro Two, or right before Pro Two. I was always taking cars to him and getting them tuned. And then he, right before I was doing Pro 2, he, he called me and asked me if I was interested in a job. And I was like, that's, I thought it was cra- crazy, you know, because I always looked up to those guys that worked there. And the shop is super nice and professional, and I was just kind of thought it was pretty crazy. And uh, so I went and worked there, and that's when I ran Pro 2. And so he, he hauled my car to the events and, that's when he like really jumped on board, you know, oh, yeah. and helped out. So it was it was really cool. And uh, but the orange car, he helped out a lot too because I was on the te- uh, Texas. Uh, he was tuning my car for that event, and we we kind of just had a lot of big media bursts, like with thirteen twenty, and we went to like a drag strip event or airstrip event, and we just was gaining a lot of media with the car. With the airship event, was it like a half mile thing or? Um, I don't. It was more like a, just a random like roll race event. Oh, gotcha. It was a uh, four Z days. Snazzy. So, it, so he's always been there, and Hal, the owner, has just been a really good friend, and he's helped me out a lot. You know, from just going to events and parts and stuff like that. Very cool. Uh, always uh, nice to see whenever a tuning or performance shop gets involved with a driver to actually help make everything closer to reality or make it into reality even. For sure. It's just, it's kind of just crazy that, you know, from starting out as being a little kid in high school, bugging them for like 10% off or something (laughs) to now, you know, we're eight, nine years down the road and we're, you know, still together doing things. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, do they, so like with your current setup, did you build the engine or did you? Have no, no, no. Uh, 
and Mike Lau uh, racing engines builds the engine. Okay. So that's my engine builder. Um, actually, um, I blew up an engine in 2016. Uh, I built it myself. Cut, like the way it worked was I built a single turbo setup, did a 5.3. It was bone stock. It made 800 wheel horsepower. I built the engine myself. Me and my buddy built this engine in a garage. Yeah. And uh, stock parts, though. And it was making 800 horsepower. I was drifting the crap out of it. And um, it finally blew up a year later. <laughs> so I'm thinking, and it wasn't due to, it was due to a lifter failure. It wasn't even due to anything else, oh, like damn. a rod or anything. So it wasn't even that big of a big of a deal. So I'm thinking, uh, oh, I'm, you know, I can build an engine now. So I put together another stock 5.3 and it blows up. Put together another stock 5.3, blows up. <laughs> And then I built a like pretty nice six liter and it blew up and this was all pretty quick. And I was like, what the heck? You know, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, so you just kind of got a golden egg out of the first one. So, yeah. So it will come to find out it really wasn't even me. It was a fuel pump issue. Uh, like the fuel pump would come on intermittently. Oh, so like it, gotcha. it would lean out. But at the time I thought it was just me. So as soon as I called this guy up and someone's like my buddy, local buddy gave me this guy's number. I told him, I said, Hey man, I need a sponsor. I was like, I'm, I'm trying to run pro-am next year. I need something reliable. I was like, I'm trying to make a thousand horsepower. You know, he's like, Oh, okay. And he told me, he cut me a deal on the price and I went to him, got the engine built and I was beating the crap out of it within like the first month or two months. I was already having people go to him that were getting engines built by him. And oh, yeah. so uh, he was helping me. He started helping me out like the next year, like significantly and kind of just grew that relationship as well. Uh, and, you know, to what, what it is now. And he'll always build my LS engines for sure. Like he is super good. Uh, I have no issues out of him. It's three, three years straight now that I've had the, you know, same setup basically. Fantastic. Yeah. So it, it I guess it kind of works out of uh, a non-engine related cause to cause all the engine issues, but then it works out to you then end up getting involved with someone who's doing it professionally and gets you real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well I got the new engine built and I put it in the car and it was messing up. Like not that I was having an issue with it, with it not running right. And then we found the issue and then, Okay. It fixed it and never had the issue anymore. Sweet. Um, and then I know uh, you, you run wise, like wise fab alignment part. Uh, what coilovers are you running on it? I've been running Fortunato for three years now nice. since Pro-Am. So uh, Nick Swan set that up uh, for right before I started Pro-Am and been with him since. See it sounds like it's been great for you, but what would ever possess somebody to trust Nick Swan? No. What do you mean? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I'm, me, I, I'm just me jealous him, of his me beard. Him, yeah, me and him butted heads before. I mean. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, but, you know, uh, he's a really good dude. and He's huge in the sport, and he's he's trying to help, you know, as many people as he can. Without a doubt. Um he has a stressful job out there um, for trying to get everyone in order that's not wanting to be in order. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, uh, see, when I was running pro am, he he was basically running. He was a uh, in with MDU at the time, and like a judge and stuff, and coordinator, and okay, stuff like that. Then so. And I, I was Mally. I had a bad attitude. I was young, so never when things when things wouldn't go right or, or I got a bad call, you know, like I let them know about it, which was the exact. It was definitely the wrong thing to do. So <laughs> I, I apologize to him, you know, and yeah. we've made things right, and I've been working with him with a lot of things. Uh, he's helped out a lot with my program and gave me some advice and stuff like that. That's cool, and I mean, and he does a ton for the sport because any real big event it seems like that i go to he's kind of the one of the main guys in charge oh absolutely um because i know for both ls fest uh ls fest grid life yeah uh, fd of course yeah, I mean, yeah um yeah so that's pretty crazy but uh so going into next year do you have any major changes that you're thinking about other than uh tuning up with uh some guy that's human um just to do better i'm trying i want to get a lot of seat time this winter okay and uh i want to i want to win the championship hell yeah uh do you have any like grassroots style events over near where you are or uh not really but i'm building a g35 sedan and trying to get it going and it's the same wheel base and it's going to be a lot lower horsepower but i'm just any seat time to get seat time so that makes sense um are there any smaller events that uh you think you'll be going to to do a shout out at all or um yeah it just depends on what pops up i I wanted to go to uh orlando in november for the black friday event but i'm not sure okay it's just a long haul you can go to the Slam Nuff Stupid Cold event in Memphis? I uh, thought about it. Um, just kind of depends on what's going on at the time. That's fair. I, I, I went to it a few. It. Actually, I seen, that's where I seen Human uh, wreck his red car, or his okay. uh, Z, hard in front of everybody. Ooh. Actually, my buddy was sitting on the concrete barrier, and Human hit it, and it made him bleed like it. Uh, it pushed him like twenty feet. My buddy was it made him bruise his hip and made him bleed and all kinds of stuff. Oh shit! So so Human tried I'm to kill really your sh- friend. Yeah, I'm not really sure if Human knows that. So, um, the last time I I went to um, shit, I forget if it's Hangover Fest or Stupid Cold or whatever, uh, the Traction Optional put on, but uh, yeah, I got to see a car hit an ambulance and that was insane. Oh really? Um, I, th- I think they had a brake line fail, and it ended up just spraying one of the t- front tires in brake fluid. I got you. Um, Not much you could do then. Yeah, so like, he just started monging, and then he couldn't straighten out, and he just yeah went off to the I side. Feel like I, I, I feel like I was there. Yeah, it was this. That was this year in January. Oh okay. Yeah, I wasn't there then. Um, but I'll next year is supposed to be a two day event with drifting both days. So that should be pretty awesome. I'm hoping. So is that January usually? Yeah, I think it, they, they already have the event page up. I'll share it with you later or something. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to think of any of the other kind of, uh, it, it feels like anything from November till like between November and February is like kind of off season for everyone. Yeah. 
um, just because a lot of places, you know, get snow and ice, so they can't really do too much. But granted, down here, I think last year we had one day of snow in Tennessee. Yeah, see, I'd like so. to have a human, human's car done by then, but uh, it's going to be tough with um, PRIs like first or second week of January, or December. So getting some sponsorships and stuff like that, partnerships uh, lined out will be will be kind of hard to do and get the car done that quick, but we'll see. Understandable. Uh, is is his car up there with you, or is it? Where is it at? Um, he, it? yeah, he just got it and he stripped it, uh, and then it's going to Rice Fab with uh, Chris Miller. Oh, nice. He's doing the cage, uh, tube in the front, tube in the back, and then the car will come back to me, and I will put the engine trans, uh, tape to my buddy for the turbo kit, um, uh, which is Brock. He works at Dynasty. He'll be doing that, and then basically I'll get the car done and do, like, the other kind of fab stuff, like radiator mount and stuff like that. So, so do, and, do you uh, have any logos for, like, your brand? Like, that's for uh, For you? cash racing, yeah. Are you going to – how many of those are going to be hidden in his car is all I actually really want to know right now. Oh, see, that's a good, that's good thinking. <laughs> Uh, like we both know everywhere. Yeah. We both know if he was to be working on your car, you'd have little X faced guys all the fuck over. Absolutely. Um, and if you didn't, then I would want to take him to the emergency room because something's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I'm like, do you feel all right? What's wrong, dude? Um, but yeah, please, you know, like anytime a, like if you have roll cage hidden by the seal by like the roof of the car, just have some cash racing facing inward. You know wherever you can get away with having it, just do it. For sure. I already know he doesn't listen to this podcast because he hates me, even though I love him. So he won't have <laughs> any clue this is going to happen. Yeah, that'd, that'd be uh, funny. <laughs> um. Yeah, pretty much. Uh. Now, have you guys considered for, like, any of the work together to try and get, like, more YouTube video, trying, you know, like... Yeah, absolutely. We'll be doing... Well, for one, just on my channel, I'm definitely going to try and, like, uh, video uh, the progress of the build and, oh, and yeah. you know, what's going on and stuff like that. And then uh, during the year, next year, we'll be doing, like, frenemy-type stuff, you know. Yeah, that, that's what was kind of uh, going through my head, like, what Forsberg and Turk do. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, is your channel, is it Cash Racing, or what is it for anyone to look up? Uh, my YouTube is McBoostin now. Okay. So that I got that name a long time ago uh, at the autocross events. <laughs> so my FTB form name was McBoostin, so I, I wanted to change my Instagram to that, but right now I think it's kind of too late. Yeah, I, I would say you'd be better off keeping it what you have it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, I, I, I mean, we got a lot out of the way. Is there anything else that you're wanting to bring up or chat about while I got you on here? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think so. I mean, I think we covered a, a lot of it. So next year you're going to beat Hooman at the very least, but hopefully get first in pro two. Yeah, that's uh, the goal. And then, uh, you know, kick ass at LS Fest again next year. Um, 
Any thought to go to try and make it to LS Fest West next year? Uh, just too damn far. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what Human has to say about it. Okay, that's fair. Um, though I've heard his trailers don't make it very far when traveling out west. Yeah. See. Uh, <laughs> gosh, I don't want to go on that. That path. was mean, and I should never have said. No, it actually it actually wasn't mean. He should have unloaded his car and still made it to the event. Oh man, but he had so, like his trailer. He had fucking issues on the way out there and on the way back with it. That sucked so bad. Yeah, I know. I felt so but, bad. Like uh, I bought a shirt because I'm just like he needs something. I I don't like this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. We're we're looking for a trailer right now. So I he's like, oh, well, I can get one built, and I'm like giving him crap. Like, no, no, we gotta get a good trailer. <laughs> I can just imagine be like, no, 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 we don't need one of your trailers. Don't worry about it. I'll find one. Well, we've been trying. I mean, they're expensive to get a like a fifty-three foot trailer. So. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, holy shit! There was a there was a guy at LS. Actually, I met him at LS Fest West. That like, I feel like his setup was not legal because of how much was going on, but. He had, I want to say he had a two-car trailer, um, like a big fucking trailer, and it was attached to a big fucking RV. And he drove down from Canada. Dang, to what event? LS Fest West. Oh, dang. Like, it was unreal that he made it down there, and he had a badass fucking car. Um, what was it? Something Delahey. But uh, it's like a twin turbo R32 LS car, of course. Dang, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that thing was bitching, and like I, I just came over and hung out at his setup because he had a killer setup going on. And I'm like, hey, I'm hanging out with a Canadian dude that's wearing a cowboy hat. What can go wrong? <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, dude. Well, uh, I greatly appreciate you being on here, man, and I wish you the best of luck next year and. Yeah, if you need any media, let me know. <laughs> For sure, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely, buddy. I hope you have a great night. Hey, man, you too. Thanks. Yeah.